Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles for authentic believers. Our podcast is intended to break down the Christian life. Through interviews, practical instruction, we want it to be fun and accessible. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of the podcast and also lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. I want to give a special shout out normally to our producer, Elijah Merrill, but he's actually on the panel today. Uh, And so I want to give a shout out to Dave Wright, who's the producer uh, this morning. So Dave, thank you so much for, for recording this for us. Um, uh, we are, I'm here with three individuals who, who I just uh, love to death. They're, they're colleagues and family and, and friends. I have Ryan Samuels. Uh, great to have you back on the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be back. Elijah Merrill, like I said, our producer, also the director uh, of tech and many other things here at, at Crosswinds. Thanks for, for saying yes to this. Oh, always a pleasure to be on the side of the mic. Thank you. <laughs> and then I have my very own son, Will Cooper, uh, who's here for the first time, right? Is this your first podcast with us? Yeah. Well, thanks for being a part of it. Thank you. I probably will owe you something after this, and that's okay. Whatever whatever I got to do, Big Bro will steal to get you here. That's, that's good. But it's great to have you as part of this podcast. We're, we're going to do something a little different we haven't done yet on the podcast. If it works, hopefully we'll do some more of these in the future. Um, but I wanted to take a, a couple of podcasts and, and really look at... Um, some cultural issues. Now, that's that's a that's a big word, um, but but basically, how what are some of the challenges um, that especially uh, Ryan, Elijah, and Will? Um, no surprise, they're all younger than me. Um, they're actually, if you look at the generational breakdown, they're at least two generations or three down for me. Um, and I wanted them to be a part of this conversation of how we see. The church answering some of these cultural uh, challenges, um, also uh, understanding that when we talk about cultural challenges, the way that people look at them should be different by whether or not they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I had a mentor years ago who taught me, and I've sort of taken it as my own, um, that there's two job descriptions in the world. There's a job description for those who don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and then there's a job description for those who do. And we get ourselves in trouble when we expect one group to live out the job description of another. Uh, with that is the complexity that as a church family, we'll talk, talk particularly here at uh, Crosswinds because that's our church family, um, that there are people who are part of Crosswinds who maybe have not yet re- received Christ as their Lord and Savior. Um, they're not yet what we would say Christian or believers yet. They're sort of investigating the things of Christ. Um, there are some who who have that relationship and and they're they're digging in. They're in small groups. They're they're growing. There are those who who maybe have gone stagnant. So we're talking to, to, to a lot of different people, a lot of different um, parts of life. But to give a quick idea in this podcast to sort of set the stage, uh, and Ryan, I'll start with you. Give us sort of a your brief bio. Uh, of of where you're coming at, like you know, are are you married? Uh, you know, uh, do you have a great father-in-law? You know, and, you know those type of things. Hmm. How uh, you know if you don't want to give yeah. your exact age, you know, age-wise, so people can get gotcha. an idea who you are. Yes, yeah, so I am 27. I'm on the the like last year of what would be considered a millennial. Um, so I think 94, 95 is when it switches from a millennial to a Gen Xer. So I'm like on that cusp. So I fall kind of in both. But I am married. Um, I have a three and a half year old. So um, Ben, I guess you could say as a 
functioning adult for at least three and a half years, I should say. So I'm relatively new to it, but yeah. So that's, I guess that's me. Elijah, um, I love the way. I wish people could see. We, we need to YouTube this at some point because the way you were looking at Ryan when you were saying that was just priceless. Um, yeah, I'm Elijah. I've been friends with Ryan for a little bit. Um, uh, no, I, um, I'm 24, uh, you know, single and ready to mingle. Um, I, uh, no, just kidding, um, but not really. The, um, no, I um, – I, I feel like I have been I, – I guess I'll steal that term functioning adult for um, – functioning, I don't know, four years maybe or whatever, <laughs> right around that same time frame. Like you hit 18 and then some of the fun wears off and you kind of put the pedal to the metal. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I uh, work here at Crosswinds, worked here – work here full time, worked here for seven years. And so um, I serve in adult ministries and um, yeah. I guess that's me. Will? Um, uh, I'm 18. I uh, just finished my first year of college. Um, I'm, I'm more there, like, just just starting to become a functional adult. Still, still having that fun um, and uh, getting, getting used to doing that stuff. So, yeah, I'm just getting used to adulthood. <laughs> Wow, that, that's a high bar. Um, again, I'm Craig. Uh, I'm the host of the podcast, lead pastor here. I don't know if I am a functioning adult, um, but I definitely age-wise am, am an adult. Um, I'm in the Gen X, uh, not the top of the Gen X, but heading toward the top oh, of the yeah, Gen X. Oh, yeah, what's the Gen Y? Is that yeah, what's the one bef- Gen Y yeah. after me? Yeah, for those of you who don't care See? about all the breakdown, it, it, it's uh, we're just trying to give you an idea of sort of mindset. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, mine comes after the boomers and That's right. um, there's some ages between that. And yeah, it, it, what, what matters here is that I, I'm, I'm in a room of people much younger than me. And as we talk about this, and that was intentional uh, because I, I want our church family that is multi-generational to, to be able to, to hear a perspective that maybe either they're living in or they're um, out of and, mm. and hear the perspective that's coming from there as well. So what we're going to do is we're, I want to talk about some cultural issues and the church's response. So when I say the church's response, I'm not necessarily limiting it to the organizational structure of a church. I mean us. Like how do we – we are the church. The church is the sum total of the believers. So when we talk about crosswinds, um, yeah, when the state, federal government looks at it, it's an organization. Mm-hmm. When when we, we understand as believers, though, it's the sum total of people who belong here. Um, who are part of this church, you know? And and so, you know, when when someone says, do I matter? It doesn't mean do you matter to the organization? Do you matter to someone who's part of the church? If you, if you do, then you matter, right? It's just sort of that reality. Of course, you matter to God. And so when we talk about cultural issues, um, Elijah, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask you, when you, you think of cultural issues, things that you, when you're having discussions with, with friends and stuff, what type of stuff pops in, pops into those conversations from time to time? You know, when we all understand relationships, you start sort of in a shallow level and then mm-hmm. in a conversation can go into some depth. What are some mm-hmm. of those things that, that, that you, that you find yourself discussing when you're with, when you're with friends, family and, and small group and so forth? Yeah. Um, and you work with all different ages here. I do. Yeah. Yep. Um, I have, like I said, I work in adult ministry, so I have, um, I serve on Friday nights at Celebrate Recovery, um, <clears throat> and then obviously weekend services and stuff, but also have the, the privilege to serve on Wednesday nights, uh, here for our student ministry. So kind of, those are my two big, my pools, if you will, of people that I get to, get to interact with. But, um, 
you know, just as I think about things that like come up with students that I have conversations with on a regular basis, but even just people my age that um, that I'm having regular conversations with is people, people, let me just say this, pe- the people I'm having conversations with know who I am and where I'm coming at with stuff. So that's already a a blessing and a curse in a way. You know, it's kind of like um, you've you've mentioned in the past when you enter into a conversation and people know that you're a pastor. You know, like their attitudes change a little bit. And so I've <clears throat> all like I've been involved in church and forever worked here. So for a lot of my friends and the students that I have relationships with, they know me as the church guy that is always working at church and stuff. So that can skew some conversations. So to be able to push through that is already difficult. But one thing that I think I've been running into, especially with some of my friends that are closer to my age, is a lot of the people that I know, I think, would identify themselves as Christians. Um, and I think they believe, like, they, when they're seeking answers for something, a natural place that they, they tend to seek is the church for answers, but they are more and more, um, more and more unhappy with the answers that they receive. And I guess the to unpack that a little bit is the as as times are changing and as like their their opinions on I don't know their opinions on some of these social issues they get more not relaxed but they they view certain things as less of issues as they were than they were before and so but then they see church as still seeing things as as issues, if you will. I say that with quotes, I guess. Um, but like one of them, like tithing is is one that's come up recently. Is this they're like, I don't they don't understand the 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 need to tithe or the need to, you know, that this that, that is a spiritual discipline, you know? Um and as we just like in conversations as we've unpacked that, like they the the response, I guess the response from from a church perspective, from a biblical perspective, just automatically seems old-fashioned in a way, and that's just tough. And then it's, like, really difficult to push through some of those conversations, you know? Um, Which makes sense. You, you use the word old-fashioned, and in some ways, that's true and not true, right? Mm-hmm. We use the word old-fashioned as if it's bad. Yeah. You know, unless we're thinking of the good old days. And then it becomes good. Mm-hmm. Or tradition. Or tradition, yeah. Mm-hmm. And tradition can be good or bad, mm-hmm. right? It's good when we like it. It's bad when we don't. Yeah. And so I do think it's interesting. So we know that the Word of God tells us, right? The Bible tells us that it's, it, the Word of God's living and active. But we understand that, you know, it was written, um, the last book, nearly 2,000 years ago in this mm-hmm. collection of 66 books. Um, and so they're, they're timeless truths that have been around and has always been countercultural. Mm-hmm. Like there's never been a time since written scripture where what was written didn't go against much of what was happening in the culture. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think I think I think you know when I when I hear you talk about that I can understand wrestling with that a little bit because our culture and I would say within the last 30 years has rapidly changed. Mhm. Uh, rapidly so, you know, where we there's a term Judeo-Christian ethic. And a Judeo-Christian ethic at one time really steered the morals of our country, whether we were Christian or not. Mm-hmm. 
Now, that's good and bad in its own way, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I think we should all do good even if we don't know it's doing good. Um, that's fine. But the reality of it is uh, God wants us not just to be good. He wants us to know him and walk with him. But as we've seen sort of, you know, and we know the stats, less and less people who who have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, less and less people who are in the word, less and less people attending church, culture has changed rapidly. And even the church culture has changed rapidly. Those uh, where we could say majority of church b- communities at one time um, would have said the Bible was authoritative. We have churches now who say mm-hmm. we're a church, but we don't believe that. Yeah. Now they, by definition, they wouldn't be a biblical definition, but they, but they would claim that. And so there's a lot of complexity there. When when, when I heard you share that, and I, I can understand some of the confusion even among people when they think about. You know, any of the disciplines, any of the things in God's word, well, you know, what, what does that apply to me? Does that really mm-hmm. matter? You know, and, um, you know, Ryan, you, you and I have had some conversations uh, sort of along this line as far as uh, we use the word in-house as biblical literacy, right? And like how many people are actually in the word, how many people yeah. see it authoritative, and how does that enter into our conversations we're even having um, with individuals, yeah. we'll say now, who are quote unquote, in the church, have a relationship with Christ. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we're just, yeah, I mean, to Elijah's point is, you know, the groups of people that I'm around are, you know, I lead a young adult small group and I do youth ministry. So it's a lot of younger people, but also, you know, people who are actively trying to, I guess I could put it in a way of developing their own faith. When we were in college, that was a big, a big topic of, you have to develop your own faith. Like for a long time, it's your parents' faith or it's, you know, an outside source, source's faith. But then you get to a point where you become, I guess, a functioning adult where you are now actively trying to make whatever faith that you believe in your own. And so we're actively coming across, I say we, but like me and Vanessa are more and more people who are every single day given a topic or whatever could switch their belief system in an instant. So that and you're t- saying some of that stage of life. Yeah, some of that stages of life. And so I wanted to make that like a, you know, because I remember my first couple t- classes in, in college where I was changing my belief system every day. But <laughs> um, the reality that we're finding is like you talk about a lack of biblical literacy and – I don't know if that is because of a lack of emphasis on as to why it's important or an act, uh, you know, or if it's just, you know, culture nowadays has made things so fast that we really don't have to wait for anything. We can just have it. If we want to know scriptures about anxiety, all we got to, we just got to look it up, you know? And so it kind of can sometimes take out the, Digging into the work, the soap, you know, the scripture, observation, application, practicality, and prayer of scripture. Because if I'm struggling with something like depression, anxiety, or um, the multitude of things that people are dealing with today, I just have to look it up. And what and you I can usually find, right, is a verse. Yeah, just not a context. Verse. Yeah, not passage or anything. So right. I can I can scroll. 50 to 60 verses on hope or, 
you know, love or patience. And I can, I guess, take the culmination of those verses and say, well, this is what I believe about patience. This is what I believe about hope. But no context. But no, no. context. And so we're, there's more people, I think, that we have coming into. And it's funny, my young adult small group, young adult small group is in year three. So we just finished up year three. We have had two totally different crowds come through there, two completely different people. Uh, different groups of people, like to the point of most of them were married to now most of them are single. Sure. You know, <clears throat> and so when – and it's very different between single and married people. Sure. And there's just more and more I don't have time or I don't and, – and, and I'm just going to come out and say it. When somebody tells me that they don't have time for scripture, that tells me that they it's not important to them. Sure, we make time because we make time for this. Yeah, I make time to see my daughter. Right, you know, and that's that is a big combatant, not just in married and single, but also teens Mm -hmm. that we're seeing at youth group. Is I don't have time, and you know, if does that come because I can in thirty seconds find anything I need to know about the scripture quotes there. Because of my phone or, you know, or are you – because you're going to find completely different things if you sit down and spend 30 minutes to an hour a day reading it. Well, even if you spend 10 minutes. Yeah, even if you spend 10 minutes. instead of flipping through. Well, let's go to one of our only, – the only teen on our panel here, if you will. Um, you know, Will, you're in a unique situation. You've been in church your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're my son and, you know, so you have really actually also, except for now in college – You've had one lead pastor your entire life. Yeah. Sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> uh, but you know that's that's sort of the way it's been. Um, but now you're you're actually studying for pastoral ministry in yeah. college. Um, talk to us about this. I mean, you know, we've had conversations even among ministry students, yeah, um, who struggle with this. And so, you know, when I say ministry students, I mean those who are going to school to become a vocational pastor. Yeah. Uh, so talk to me about that. What do what, what do you see there? Well, you know, uh, Ryan talked about, like, when you get into college, you're in your own faith, and that that's hard. You're making your own choices, and, you know, especially, I mean, where I'm at, you know, I'm on a Christian campus, and there's a lot of different churches, and so, like, it, it's hard, and, you know, they, they get to choose, you know, that we're talking about that fast pace, so now they're deciding what's important in their faith, or even if faith's important for them at all. I, I've had uh, friends in college that have been like, I, I thought I wanted to be a pastor, I thought that ministry was it for me, and then they went through a hard time, and they didn't want to put the effort in. They didn't. They didn't want to choose that right, that priority in your life, and they they stepped away from it. And it, I think that's hard, you know. When when you start to make your own choices, you you do get to choose what what you're doing and what you want to make your priority. And so, it what like I've had conversations with Elijah and about like it's hard to then be like, well, why why would I want to come come to church? If there's nothing appealing to me, um, I think we live in this culture now that if it's not what I enjoy, why would I go? And I, I think that's hard when it comes to faith, that, that if we don't make it our priority and it's not intriguing us, then why would I want to show up? And enjoy is a, is a, is a dangerous word. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's times when, when I'm exploring God's word where enjoy wouldn't be the word I use. I mean, in fact, I've, I've often used the phrase, holy ouch. You know, where I've read something and it's adjusting my life. I don't know if if, if enjoy is the right word there. I appreciate it because it puts me on the right track. But um, but if everything we do is purely for 
for enjoyment, mm-hmm. entertainment value, then we're going to be in big trouble because mm-hmm. that means that 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 translates poorly into other things, you know, into marriage, uh, mm-hmm. into friendships, uh, <laughs> into work. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, there's yeah, this time in life where enjoy isn't the word you would use. But commitment, faith, hope—you know, these are words we would use. I love, I love you bringing up the marriage thing because in our generation, which was probably very—I would say—it wasn't. It was uncommon in your generation, but the co-inhabiting, the cohabiting with a, a, a significant other, has become the norm for my generation. That I don't think it was in my parents' generation. Which is, I this is my girlfriend, and instead of getting married, we're going to just live together, act, do everything else that marriage entails, but understand that if it gets too hard, we can just leave, and we can. And you're just, not talking about those who aren't a part of church. You're talking about right. Those I'm talking for years, maybe even were brought up in a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. And I, yeah, I want to make that clear. I'm not just talking about the like unchurched. I'm talking about churched and unchurched. I have people in my life that I'm very close to that I went to the same college with. Christian college. A Christian college. The same college William is going to that are living together because they – I don't know if it's afraid or you know if it's too much work, but they don't want the strings attached Type thing. So I would rather they would rather just be and live together instead of anything else. And, and we're not we're not being judgmental no. in the sense of of that. But but uh, we talked about before we we started to record this podcast. You know something that I've been wrestling with over the past few weeks or so of trying to like how do how do I communicate this? But we understand as you know as. Bible-believing believers. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say that. In other words, yeah. we believe that the Bible is authoritative. Jesus says, I'm the only way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, you know, there are people in the world who try to seek out what we call salvation, which means they you know, either try to save themselves. They may not even believe there's a God, but, but they're still trying to save themselves. In other words, they're trying to make life work uh, in their own path, right? And Jesus says, the only way life is going to work is going to be if you come to the Lord through me. In other words, I need to be your Lord and Savior. Um, that's what we believe as Christians, right, biblical Christians. That's what the Bible teaches us. But it's interesting that that I'm seeing, and I'm sure it's it's been there because we can look at Paul's letters in particular and he addresses these things. But, but when I look at our culture, I'm seeing it become more and more rampant where people will say, okay, I understand that there's one way to come into a right relationship with God, that's through Jesus Christ. They make that quote-unquote, using, we're using all these air quotes, right? I'm putting quotes up right now. They make a decision to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, sort of, mm-hmm. because then the very next step is, but I'm going to do life my way. And when I look at Scripture, it's really clear, right? Jesus says, if you're going to be my follower, you got to, first of all, deny yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a big one. Lord, I surrender to you. And that's what denying yourself is. Lord, I surrender to you. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross, whatever it is, which, by the way, you talk about enjoyment. The cross doesn't bring, to my mind at least, enjoyment. And follow me. 
You know, and that's why one of my favorite definitions of a, of a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, someone who is quote-unquote saved, a Christian, is somebody who's saved, who's received Christ as Lord and Savior, who's being changed by Christ, who's following Christ, and on mission with Christ, right? Those four things. And so, you know, part of what we're really looking at here is the challenge for people who quote-unquote I mean, we're using that a lot. Uh, say they're Christian who aren't very Christ-like. And, and again, not being judgmental because I'm a work in progress. Uh, I'm not all I, 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 I need to be, but I think I'm not what I used to be. I'm a work in progress. And so this isn't about judging people. It's about trying to understand how we meet them where they're at. How do we help? How do we help those around us, especially maybe people who are in the church, um, understand the importance of literally following Christ. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a good place to pick up um, our, our next podcast is, is really entering into answering that question. How do we help people um, be able to um, understand the importance of if, if you've received Christ as Lord and Savior, then you want to be following him. And so uh, we'll pick that up next time. Thank you for joining us. I know you have a, a number of things that you can do. Uh, listening to this podcast is just one option among many, many, many. So thank you so much. We're honored that you would listen to this. Join us next week as we continue this conversation. If you want to learn about this podcast or all things Crosswinds, go to crosswinds.church. Uh, there you'll find uh, information about what's going on here at the church. You can communicate with us. If you have some topics that you'd like us to cover in the podcast, you can reach, to, uh, reach out to us um, that way as well. But for now, uh, look forward to having you uh, be a part of our podcast next week. But for now, be blessed and bless others. Mm-hmm.